0: Welcome back to another episode of Uncap It. I'm Kennedy, and I'm here with Haley, and today we are going to be discussing midterm elections.
1: Yes, this is a very important topic considering tomorrow will be the midterm elections.
0: Yes, so you got to listen to this information
1: now and then get ready to go vote in person tomorrow. Exactly. So first and foremost, I think we should just discuss what midterm elections are They occur every two years, and when the election does not coincide with a presidential election, that is when it's called a midterm election. Right, and they have more of a focus on subnational office holders.
0: So, as we talked about, this isn't about the president. It's more about your local and regional things. Exactly.
1: And this year, as we already alluded to, the midterm elections are November 8th, which is when you can vote in person, but prior to tomorrow you have been able to vote early or absentee
0: right it's a little late now if you have not chosen to get your absentee ballot so correct if you're listening to this now and you have yet to get your absentee ballot or vote early your only choice left is to vote tomorrow in person exactly i'm curious how are you voting i have an absentee ballot in the mail currently same so We're just going to break down a little bit what you normally vote on in the midterm elections.
1: Right. This is going to be generally speaking, since we know a lot of you guys come from different areas, so we can't hit the specifics because it's going to vary based on state and even county or city.
0: Right. And later on in this episode, when we bring on our guests, we'll focus a little bit more on our area of midterm elections with a poll that was just done. But for right now, we'll just keep it pretty broad and just explain to you what are the normal things you vote on in
1: the midterm elections. First, we can start on the national level. And for this, you are voting on all House of Representatives seats and a third of the seats in the Senate. And this is because House of Representatives have two-year terms and the Senate, it is six years. So That's why it's only a third of the seats. Right, because some of them are not done with their terms yet. Right. It cycles through so that you're getting new people in those positions every midterm election, but it's not all of them at once. And then on a more state and local
0: level, this is where you'll see the biggest difference based on your county and your region because each state and local government is voting on different things during their midterm elections. Correct. But... A few positions that you might see changing in midterms elections that we'll be voting on could be like the governor the secretary of state or the attorney general there's a super long list of like the treasurer the Supreme Court justices right auditors it goes on state senators stuff like
1: that but it's just a very wide variety of positions exactly and like you said Kennedy those are going to vary based on where you're located So, for Ohio, governor is up for election. So, we have Nan Whaley versus Mike DeWine, but in some other states, there might not be someone running.
0: Right. So, midterm elections are seen as a very important election that is held, and this is because the party that is in control of the House and the Senate usually controls the agenda of the government. So, when we're thinking about those national positions that we're voting on— This can have a pretty major effect of the national agenda.
1: Right. So specifically, this would affect Biden's ability to set the agenda. For example, if Democrats win a lot of the seats in the House and the Senate, then it'll make his job setting the agenda easier than if Republicans were to win more. Right. So essentially, you want your party to have the majority in the House or
0: in the Senate because then you're able to get that party's view pushed forward. Exactly. But then when we look at it from the more state and local standpoint, these elections aren't talked about as much because the national elections normally take over and you hear a lot about, like we were just talking about the House and the Senate. right. But these are like the most (laughs) important ones because your vote matters the most in your local elections.
1: Yeah, because your vote has more influence. I know that doesn't Really make a lot of sense, but if you think about it in numbers terms, say that there's a hundred people in your county, then one out of a hundred is a lot greater of a chance of having an influence than like one out of a million. Right. So like if you think one of, out of it, the whole United States right. compared to just your county. Right. So if you think of it in proportion, then you can kind of see how your vote has more of an influence on the local level.
0: Right. So that's where you really want to think about your local issues because there's a lot of legislation that is passed on specific issues in your county or specific budgeting
1: issues and stuff like that right yeah one thing that comes to mind for me is like school board yeah that's a huge thing on the local level that is going to vary tremendously based on the area that you live in but you can also think of it more nationally with the recent overturn of roe v wade This will be greatly influenced with the outcome of the elections.
0: Right, because each county now will have, and each state will have something to do with that. Exactly. So I know that we talked about how it's very different, so we cannot give you specific information about all of the counties because they vary so differently. But there are ways that you can look up the information in your county so you will know what you're voting on. So the first one that you could go to is OhioVoterGuide.org. And if you go to this website, you can type in the exact address that you live at and you will receive a list of candidates from each election as well as like information on them. So just like a quick breakdown before you go into vote tomorrow so that you know what you're voting for.
1: Right. And another source is Vote411. So this is more Broad, the source that you talked about, Kennedy, is just for Ohio, but Vote411, I believe, is for any state, and it does the same thing. You provide your address, and it gives you a list of all the races and candidates and a little bit about each of them. So, both of those would be great resources to just give yourself a little bit of knowledge going into the ballot box and casting your
0: vote. Exactly. So Haley and I have been discussing how we can't really speak to midterm elections on a regional level. But now that we are bringing our guest on, Dr. Robert Alexander, we'll dive a little bit more into the Ohio region and the surrounding states. So Dr. Robert Alexander is a professor of political science and the founder of the Institute for Civics and Public Policy here at Ohio Northern. He is well known for his expertise on the Electoral College on which he has written the book Representation and the Electoral College and has appeared as an expert on this topic in several venues, including a CNN documentary. He also has numerous op-eds published in CNN, USA Today, Real Clear Politics, and more, as well as made many media appearances. In addition, Dr. Alexander has conducted public opinion polls, including the Great Lakes Poll and most recently the Northern Poll, which we will talk about in this episode. So thank you so much for joining us on our podcast today.
2: I am so excited to be here. Uncap it is the place to be.
1: (laughs) We're excited to have you. It's long awaited. I know the founder of ICAP finally on the podcast. Let's
2: go. Let's do this.
1: All right. Well, let's just dive right into the questions. As Kennedy said, you recently released the Northern Poll, which asked questions regarding this coming midterm elections. And it kind of dives into some overall public opinion, current issues, the candidates, the political climate. To start off, what made you want to conduct this poll surrounding the 2022 midterm elections?
2: Well, I think that uh, ICAP, in particular, has a a real responsibility to help inform folks uh, not only at Ohio Northern University, but across the state, across the region, across the country. And uh, obviously, a lot of people are really interested in uh, people's thoughts on politics. There's a lot of uncertainty around midterm elections, presidential elections, but also on a number of policy issues. And so we thought it would be a really important uh, exercise for students to learn a little something more about, but also a means for ICAP to kind of get our name out there, not only at ONU, but but far beyond.
1: Yeah, I think that's great, and I know I learned a lot about this. You did a poll, I believe my freshman year, and... I'll be honest, I wasn't really at the academic level to understand a lot of the results <laughs> being a freshman. So it was really awesome to be kind of involved in this process this year and just really have a better understanding of all the results.
2: Well, yeah. it, it, I mean, it was really great to have you guys you know, uh, kind of chime in and, and help w- draft the survey, uh, to kind of draft the, the, the questions themselves. I think, to me, that's one of the exciting parts is to be able to share that with students kind of think about like why are, are we asking the kinds of questions that we're asking what might we expect um, why is it important to ask those kinds of questions what the media might be thinking about those questions and and also also they, they, you know it's interesting to see that uh, a lot of the candidates are, are of course pretty interested in what we find too
0: right. right yeah it was definitely very cool to see the behind the scenes of everything that goes into doing a poll like this so now that the poll has been completed what were some results that really surprised you
2: well, we, we asked a, a number of questions, and, and some of the policy questions I thought were, were really interesting. Ohio has had one of the most what, contentious redistricting issues in the entire country. Its Maps have been rejected by our state Supreme Court a couple of times, and yet we found that a lot of Ohioans really haven't been paying that close of attention to redistricting which is really frustrating to a lot of folks in the media because they're like, we've been covering this. Why aren't people paying right. that much attention? So that was certainly one thing that we found uh, really interesting. Another one was that uh, a lot of Ohioans don't really love the Electoral College. It, you know, you'd mentioned my intro. That's that's kind of my area of of interest. And uh, so I if I have an opportunity to ask questions about it, I'm going to ask it. And we found that a lot of Ohioans are, are not real supportive of the Electoral College. They'd prefer a national popular vote. They're worried about potential shenanigans and tomfoolery after people vote. And so that was uh, really interesting to find because Ohio has been uh, uh, advantaged by the electoral college. It's a swing state. Um, you know people didn't get a lot of love to it in in this in this contest or in this in this poll. So those were a couple of things. I think uh, the other is that uh, you know people really this isn't surprising, but I think it's revealing and that's that a lot of folks don't like the toxic nature of politics. Right. And, and it's not surprising. I think a lot of people are frustrated about it. I guess it was kind of good to see that uh, people would acknowledge it. And then, you know, acknowledging the problem is the first step in, in, in fixing that problem. And so I think we have a lot of work to do because a lot of folks are afraid to talk about it. They strain relationships over it. They fear political violence in the future because of the, the, the toxic political environment. They think that, uh, you know, the United States has been weakened globally. So, you know, we've got a lot to do where our politics are, are kind of getting in the way of good public policy. So hopefully ICAP is something that, you know, what you guys are doing with it is, is is one step in, in trying to get people to talk about things and think about things in a civil manner.
0: I absolutely agree, and I think it's always super interesting to see what people are interested in because as people in the political science world, like, when redistricting was happening, that seemed like such a big deal to all of us, and so it's interesting that, like, the general public wasn't that involved in what was happening.
1: Yeah, and also, I know you said it's revealing that so many people are kind of— intimidated and afraid of this new political climate but it's interesting to be able to put some sort of numerical value to it like we've all known that it's happening and it's occurring and we can see it in our day-to-day involvement in politics but being able to put like a number to that is I feel like very beneficial we can definitely use something with that
2: well and it's it you're right and and what's really interesting is that you know it's like uh, Democrats and Republicans can't agree on a lot of things. They can definitely agree that the environment that we're in is a terrible environment. The problem is that they think each other is to blame right. for it. So how do we get these people to to talk to one another and not necessarily at one another? Right. right.
1: It's both parties facing the same problem and they just need to we need to be able to frame it that way and it's not one party against the other. Well, even though it's not directly related to the midterms Specifically, the poll asked some questions regarding Trump versus Biden and a potential rematch between the two of them. Why did you feel it was important to include this question?
2: So I'm somebody who, you know, when I was pitching this to reporters, one of the things that I talked about is that uh, there's a lot of interesting things beyond the horse race. But I also know that reporters are interested in the horse race, and so, uh, yeah, 2022 is is upon us. But 2024 is is literally the day that midterms are over. The 2024 race begins, right? And so I thought it'd be interesting to kind of see like where what is the t- standing of Donald Trump and Joe Biden in in this what has been a typically really important swing state, and uh, and so I thought that we would, we would have some interest around that, and we certainly did. Uh, one of the things, you know, another kind of a surprise in the poll was that. In spite of all of the kind of arrows that have been slung at Donald Trump, he's, he remains really popular in the state. And, and ours isn't the only poll to kind of show that, but uh, he, he had higher public opinion support here in Ohio than he has across the country. We would find that if the race were, were to happen today, you know, he, he would probably do pretty well against Joe Biden. And so it even got the attention of the former president himself who, did. who who reposted it on his Truth Social, which I had thought that there was a real possibility that uh, he, he would get that and kind of be happy about it, but he did and he posted it. And it's not every day that you have a former president uh, kind of, you know, acknowledge the findings of a poll.
1: Right. Yeah. I was so thrown off by that. I won't even lie. Like I woke up to so many texts and I was like, what is happening? I know. It's crazy that a former president, like,
0: knows where Ohio Northern is, who ICAP is, so it was definitely interesting publicity, and I think it was a good way to get the Northern poll out there. Like, yeah. a lot more people know about it now. Yeah, we've got Ohio Northern on the
1: map now. <laughs>
2: well, and, 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 you know, the thing is, is that when, you, when you're doing your public opinion polling, when you're a social scientist, you, you want the data to speak for itself, and you know, if we find that Donald Trump wasn't polling so well, we, we did find that in the Great Lakes polls early on. He wasn't going to, you know, repost that. You know, politicians are are animals in, in that way. They're political animals. I'm sure that Tim Ryan and his folks were pretty excited about some of the, the findings that we had in the in the poll as well, because we found him actually doing a little bit better than J.D. Vance. So, you know, the, the numbers are what the numbers are. And, and, you know, we really do pride ourselves on being objective and trying to get the you know, the, the right information out to people.
0: So what were your overall takeaways from these results about the Trump versus Biden rematch?
2: Well, uh, like I said, it's it very surprising to kind of see that. I, I think that, you know, one thing that is pretty clear from our poll, and I think it's pretty consistent with some other public opinion polls, is that Ohio has moved a standard deviation to the right that, you know, a lot of people have been talking about is, is Ohio now red? it's definitely uh, slightly red. It's not necessarily a purple state. Things can always change, but you know, the the culture of the state has moved a little bit more on the conservative side. We saw that even with some of the questions we asked about abortion, for instance. Ohio respondents were a little bit more conservative in their responses on abortion than you're finding among respondents across the country on the issue of abortion. So that's I think something to, to take away that Ohio probably won't be super competitive maybe in 2024, which will have some implications in presidential elections for some time to come.
0: Right. I definitely think it's been in the media a lot if Ohio is still a swing state. So I think it's becoming more clear that we're becoming a more red state than we were before.
1: Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see if it continues to move that way or if after the 2024 election, we move back toward like being purple and things change. Yeah, it'll definitely be interesting. Moving away from the northern pole a little bit, what are some of the major issues that we can expect to influence the outcome of the midterm elections?
2: Well, you know, Haley's a, a student in my campaigns and elections class, so she <laughs> yeah. knows the answers to I, this. Of course it's, I do. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, you know, political party identification has just been such a big mover in, in our politics in recent years. We have a very polarized electorate that's out there. So partisanship is really going to move things. I mean, in any midterm election, the, the rule of thumb really is that the president's party almost always loses seats in a midterm election. So Joe Biden, head of the Democratic Party, Democrats are, are expected to lose seats in the House and in the Senate, just on the principle of a midterm election. The president's party always gets punished. So that's going to be a one big piece here. And then candidate quality is another one. And and that actually still ties back into the Northern poll. that. If, you know, we're seeing Republicans do well uh, pretty much down the, down the, down the line with the, uh, in the state of Ohio, except for J.D. Vance, uh, who, who maybe is, has uh, a little bit more warts as a, as a candidate than, than Mike DeWine, for, for instance. And so that's a competitive race. And we're seeing that in some other areas across the country where candidate quality can matter quite a bit. We're seeing it in Pennsylvania and Arizona and Georgia as well. So I think in some of those races, it, and this is really a, a, another really important takeaway, is that we have some really, really closely divided elections. It's going to be super, super close, and they're deeply divided. So, you know, who wins is going to make a huge difference in a particular state policy-wise. And so we, while we have a very closely divided electorate, we're also a very deeply divided ideologically. And and that's part of the reason I think for that toxic nature of politics, too, is people have a lot to win or lose in very close races. And so I, I don't think that uh, after the 2022 midterms, regardless of what happens, we're, we're in for some kind of love fest between Democrats and Republicans. And if Republicans do take the House back, which is expected, it's going to be you know nothing but conflict between a, a Biden presidency and Congress. And so that will lead up to a, a probably another very contentious election in 2024.
0: Well, since these midterms are so divided and you're talking about how it's going to be a pretty contentious election, what is something that voters should pay close attention to regarding the outcome of these midterms?
2: Oh, boy, that's a really good question. You guys are good students. <laughs> um, you know, paying close attention, there's going to be a lot of narratives that are going to be out there about what to make of the midterm elections. And, and one of the things that I just pointed out is that you probably shouldn't make too much of it because, you know, we're, we're very closely divided. And, you know, it just depends on potentially a particular day. If we're talking a fifty-one forty-nine race in Pennsylvania or Ohio or Arizona, it could just be, you know, that moment kind of change voters perceptions on things and kind of thinking about what it might mean for 2024 might be a little bit too much to kind of say, oh, you know, the Republicans are in total control and there's a red wave or likewise in 2018, you know, this kind of blue wave. Well. No, not necessarily. There's a lot of different perspectives out there that people aren't necessarily unanimous on. And so to kind of say that there's this big movement is is probably going a little bit too far and kind of extrapolating anything coming out of this particular midterm election. So, you know, I guess be kind of cautious about what people are saying actually happened from 2022. Talk to your friends, you know, let down the guard a little bit. Have some conversations maybe about some policy issues as opposed to just, you know, I hate Democrats or I hate Republicans or whatever. Kind of think about ways that you can maybe have some conversations instead of just kind of reacting to these kind of big events out there, which is always a bit intimidating because the world just seems so big. Like, how do I work to make things a little bit better in a, in a world where things seem so so big and, and, and hard to change?
0: I totally agree because i think a lot of times people like see the results of the midterms and they only care about like did more republicans win or did more democrats win but as Haley and i were talking about earlier like midterms is a good time to get like local policy changes in if there's like tax levies that are going through those are also super influential and they're also not as contentious of a topic and so i think it's important to remember to think about those in this time and not just what does this mean for 2024 what does this mean for the Republican Party or the Democratic Party
1: right yeah I think there's a tendency to jump to conclusions as soon as we get results so if we can refrain from that I think that'll also help with the current political climate like not being so toxic and just like taxing on everything like if we can just refrain from jumping to those conclusions and like you said have those conversations that's going to be I think huge We have one more question for you. And I'm sure as a frequent listener to the podcast, you know what's coming. Long time listener. Of course. (laughs) Um, So we have a fact or cap for you. So I'm sure you know, but this is a true or false with our Gen Z spin on it. So I'm going to read a statement. And if you agree, you'll say fact. If you disagree, you'll say cap. And then you can kind of just give a brief why you agree or disagree.
2: Got it. I'm good.
1: All right. (laughs) So the factor cap is the results of the 2022 midterm elections will have no impact on the 2024 presidential election. Fact or cap?
2: That is a cap. That is a cap. It it will have some effect on the 2024 presidential election. As we just pointed out, you know... we will not get very much accomplished <laughs> if we have a split uh, Congress and, and president. So right. that's where the narrative will will reside is between the, the, you know, the that interplay between those two branches. And that will really kind of determine, you know, what we're even talking about moving into 2024.
0: Well, since those are all the questions, we want to thank you again for joining us. This is a long-awaited podcast sure. episode. But if our listeners are interested in more details about the Northern Pole, do you know where they can go to find the full questions, all the results?
2: I do. Uh, I don't have a tiny URL of my pocket right now, <laughs> but uh, we'll, we'll put a link in the description here. Of course. And uh, you can find everything there. And, and fortunately, we've seen folks all across the country, not just Donald Trump, but media all across the country be interested in in what we're doing here at ONU. So go Bears.
0: Absolutely. Thanks for joining us.
2: Thanks for having me.
0: All righty. Now that we are all wrapped up with the guest, it's time for everybody's favorite part of the podcast episodes. So Haley, if you just want to give us a pup date on sport
1: yeah sport has had a fun couple of weeks he was in the homecoming parade with polar paws (gasps) oh my gosh that's so exciting yes he was so excited he loves meeting new people and i'm sure he thought that everyone was just there for him oh absolutely which i'm sure some people were oh absolutely (laughs) of course sport is famous on this campus so i'm sure people went just to see him but so he had a lot of fun with that and then also he went home with me this past weekend and he got to see my parents and my mom loves him (laughs) so that was super fun and he got to play with my dogs so yeah sports had a fun time i know and it's warming up a little bit now it is yeah no more winter coat right
0: for right now a couple days yes (laughs) Can't,
1: can't be too sure with ohio but very true Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode of Uncap It. We hope that you guys were able to learn something about the midterms going into tomorrow's voting. If you did, make sure you guys check out the rest of the podcast and check us out on social media. Our handles for Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok are ONU underscore ICAP with two Ps. See you guys next time. Bye, guys.